If you have your Bibles, I want you to get them out, hold them up, and say, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'm going to hear the Word of God. I'm going to believe what it says about me. I'm going to act on what it says about me, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, it's Father's Day, so turn around, look at the Father, and say, Happy Father's Day. If you don't have any fathers next to you, look at a mother and say, Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> We're glad you're here. I want to uh, share with you today a message about a faithful father. You know, growing up, I, I've met people you know, in the 21 years that we traveled, I met people of all walks of life, every age, every, uh, from every background that did not know what a faithful father was. As a matter of fact, they, some of them just had jerks for fathers. They had men that knew how to have a relationship, but that was all they cared about. What I want you to understand is that there you have a faithful father, and I want to bring that to you through the Word today. So we're going to start with a clip. How many of you have ever heard of the Andy Griffith Show? All right. So in this episode, Opie was, had an imaginary horse, and it was called Black, and he was riding around on it and everything, and so he had been playing you know, with his imagination, and which was great. And he comes in, and he starts talking about this man that he met in the woods that walks in the tops of trees, wears a silver hat, and jingles when he walks, and he can make smoke come out of his ears. And, you know, Andy's fine with that. He just figures it's another imaginary friend. But then all of a sudden, when Opie shows up with a new hatchet and some money, and he says this man gave it to him, it creates a conflict and that's what I want you to watch. Why, Andy! Didn't expect to see you two. Hold up to your room. I'll be there in a minute. Anything wrong? I'm afraid so. Why? What happened? Looks like Opie's getting herself in the habit of stretching the truth a little out of shape. Opie lying? Oh, I can't believe it. Sure looks like it. Well, what are you going to do? I ain't got much choice. Looks like me, he's in for whipping. Oh, Andy. having this morning galloping around the backyard on uh, Blackie. We was both enjoying that little game. Of course, now, now the truth is they, there never was any 
real blackie. That's just something that you made up. Is that right? Well, about, uh, about this Mr. McBeavy. Maybe the same thing happened there. Maybe you, uh, you made him up, too, just for fun, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong is using a Mr. McBeavy to get out of work and to explain things that seem to come from nowhere. Hope they, uh, there comes a time when you have to stop the play acting, tell the truth. And that time's now, right now. Hope, I want you to be man enough to tell me that Mr. McBeavy is just make-believe. That's all you have to say, and it'll all be forgotten. But if you don't, then something else is going to happen. I believe you know what I mean, don't you? Yes, boy. All right, tell the truth. Just go ahead and say right out, Mr. McBeavy is just make-believe. Well, go ahead. Mr. McBeavy is just... Say it. I can't, Paul. Mr. McBeefy isn't make-believe. He's real. Paul P. Don't you believe me, Paul? Don't you, Paul? making up an imaginary character. Well, what about the hatchet and the coin? Well, still, that's no re... Andy? No. I didn't spank him. Uh, you told him you believe... But, Andy, what he told you is impossible. Well, a whole lot of times I've asked him to believe things that to his mind must seem just as impossible. Oh, but Andy, this silver hat and the jingling and the smoke from the ears, what about all that? Oh, I don't know, Barn. I guess it's a time like this when you're asked to believe something that just don't seem possible. That's the moment that decides whether you got faith in somebody or not. Yeah, but how can you explain it all? I can't. But you do believe in Mr. McBeavy? No, no. I do believe in hoping.
Mr. McBeavy. Hello? Somebody call? <laughs> What can I do for you, mister? Walk around in the trees. Silver hat. You jingle and you can make smoke come out of your ears, can't you? Uh-huh. Mr. McBeavy, I can't tell you how glad I am to meet you. Oh, I certainly am. I didn't catch the name. Oh, I'm Andy Taylor, Opie's dad. Don't we all long for someone that will believe in us, someone that will value what we say? I'm not talking about if we're making up some, I'm not talking about if we're telling a lie, but I'm talking about when we're being transparent and we're sharing our heart, we want someone to believe in us. That's what we always looked for as a child and sometimes didn't find someone that would believe in us. In Scripture, there is a man, his name is Abraham, and he's referred to as the father of faith. So if you'll let me say it this way, he's a faithful father. And what Abraham did, he comes to a time, Abraham's made a promise by God that his descendants would be like the sand of the sea and that he would inherit all this land. But Abraham's growing old, and as Abraham grows old, he begins to look at his son Isaac. He calls for his servant and he instructs his servant. He said, I want you to go to where I came from and find a wife for my son from my people. I, I don't want him to marry a Canaanite woman from here. And the Canaanites served and worshiped false gods and they, they were into human sacrifice and all this stuff. And so he didn't want that to happen to Isaac, and so the servant says, well, what if I go, and then when I go, what if the woman's not willing to come back with me? Should I take your son back to where you came from? Everybody say, back to where I came from. And when the servant says that, Abraham is adamant, and he says, no, under no condition are you to take Isaac back where I came from. None of us want our children to go back to where we started from, do we? None of us want our children to have to repeat our mistakes, to go through the same mess and the same turmoil and the same heartbreak and the same heartache. And so we are standing in the gap for our children and believing God for our children. Abraham says, look, my God will go before you. And if the woman doesn't want to come back, he said, then you're free from this oath. But under no circumstances are you to take him back. I want you to consider what's in Abraham's mind. I've been made a promise by God that my seed, my descendants, my children are going to multiply like the sand of the sea. And as far as I can see, it's been given to me as an inheritance from God. But I'm an old man. And I know I'm not going to live to see it. 
Abraham is not discouraged. His focus is not on himself. His focus is on his son. Everybody say, on his child. And so Abraham is believing God for Isaac. That everything that God promised him is going to be passed to Isaac. And he's standing in the gap for Isaac. Can't you see Abraham trying to explain to Isaac why he can't marry that cute Canaanite girl? Daddy, she's so pretty. She's got this curly hair. And and he's saying, son, I know you may not understand this. But if you go after her, she's going to end up taking you away from my presence. How many times do we make that same mistake? Well, what's faith got to do with dating? It's got everything to do with it. Everything to do with it. It troubles me that it doesn't seem to be a part of the equation today. Oh, well, I'm going to go with this guy. I'm going to, oh, I'll get him in church. I'll get him in church. There's a good chance he's going to get you out. What's faith got to do with it? The Bible said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Why would you want to hook up with someone that won't hook up with God? And so Abraham's trying to make sure that Isaac does not have a promise taken from him that God made for him. How many of you want to see your children exceed you? Want to see your children go beyond where you're at and want to see them blessed by God in ways that you can't even imagine? We all do, don't we? Isn't that what we all desire? But sometimes, you know, how many of you just didn't want to listen to mom and dad? Anybody ever? Maybe just a little finger up, just... Once in a while, I struggled with it. See, sometimes when, when your parents are telling you things and they're saying, this, this is for your own good. My dad used to grab me, my, my, you know, every once in a while I'd get a spanking. Back then we called it a whipping. <laughs> and I remember dad had me one hand on my arm, the other belt in his hand, chasing me around in a circle and saying, one of these days you'll thank me for this. I thought, I'll thank you right now if you'll just stop, man. If you'll just end it, I'll get down on my knees and thank you. But sometimes we just feel like we got to try out our own wings, that we're going to fly and we're going to do it our way. Such was the case of a young man in one of the Gospels. He went to his father and he told him, he said, I want what's coming to me. Give me my inheritance. And his dad could have argued with him. His dad could have told him, look, you don't know what you're doing. You're going to get into a mess. But instead, his father gave him his inheritance. Why? Because his father was wise enough to know that if I stop him, he's going to resent me. And he'll turn away from me. So this young man is going to have to find out for himself that there's more to me than just my blessing, there's a need to be in my presence. And so it's the Father's blessing that finances the trip away from the Father's presence. 
The young man goes out and he starts to party and he's having a big time. And man, he's got more friends than you can count until his money ran out. And then you couldn't count any of his friends because they were all gone. How many of you have ever had friends like that? Oh, you the best thing ever happened as long as you can buy me some pizza. You the best thing going on. And so, you know, and then when you, can't, when you don't have anything, who's buying you pizza? And so that's the way it happened. And, and, and he, he, all of it, this guy finds himself so broke, so out of luck, he's feeding hogs. And he's thinking in his heart, man, I, I wish I could eat what these hogs are eating, but they told me I can't have that. And so he, he comes to himself and he realizes, he said, you know, my servants at my father's house get treated better than I'm being treated. And he makes up his mind, I'm going home. Everybody say it with me. I'm going home. There was something special about the service today. There was something special about, we've been gone for three months from having been able to gather together. There, we, we spent a season away from each other, but there's something special about coming home today. There's something special about being able to gather together and see your face and be able to hug your neck and know that God is in our midst. And that young man is headed home and he's rehearsing it in his mind. I'm going to tell dad what a, you know, how bad I messed up. And I'm going to tell him that I know that you could never bring me back as your son, but please just let me be your servant. And then the scripture says that while he's a great way off, everybody say while he's way off. It's in Luke, the 15th chapter, and it says, And he arose and came to his father, but when he was a great way off, he hasn't made it back yet. He's not back in his father's presence yet. While he's a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Isn't that the God that we serve? Before you ever make it back home, when he sees you turn your heart toward him, he comes running for you. When he sees you begin to change your mind, and realize it's not all his stuff I need. It's him I need. He's right there waiting to welcome us home. And so he goes running after him to bring him home. You may be saying to David, Pastor Rick, I've never, I've never experienced that. I've never had a father that, you know, that, that spoke into my life. I never had a father that believed in me. I don't know if you can take any comfort in this, but I want you to hear this. You're not the first one that's ever been in that situation. You're not the first one that had a jerk for a dad. There's a man in Scripture, and he is a king. And of all things, he's the king of Israel. He has a son named Jonathan, and Jonathan is a great kid, man. I mean, he is a blessing. And Saul tries to kill him. Saul tries to take a spear and pin him to the wall with it. But that didn't keep God from blessing Jonathan. There's another man in Scripture. His name is Hezekiah. How many of you ever heard of Hezekiah? He's the one that prayed and God added 15 years to his life. But his daddy, how many of you know who Hezekiah's daddy was? His daddy's name was Ahaz. Everybody say a jerk. Ahaz was a jerk. 
What are you getting at? Hezekiah watched his father offer his brother as a burnt sacrifice to one of the foreign gods. How do you think that made him feel? He felt threatened of his life. He thought, man, I don't know if I'm going to live through him being my father. But can I share with you that that's not who your father is? Whoever brought you into this world is not who your real father is. You need to understand that in Romans 8, it says that we are the children of God and joint heirs with Christ. Somebody say, Daddy's my God. Maybe we ought to say it this way My God's Daddy. Do you, do you get what he's saying? You've, you are a joint heir with Christ. So if you want to find out how your father really feels about you, take a look at how he feels about Jesus. In Matthew 3, 16, 17, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I well pleased. Did you catch that? That's how your father feels about you. Your father loves you. Your father believes in you. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In the first service, I got permission from Mike Jennings to share his story. And Mike came to me some Years ago, I preached a message on words and how words have such an impact. And Mike came to me afterwards, and he told me, he said, he said, man, he said, that really, your message really touched me today. He said, because my dad died when I was real small, and mom married another guy, and that guy treated him horribly. He cursed him, and he abused him, and he never believed in him. And he said, I'm... 70 now and he said and I still deal with that I still have to put that down let me share with you the greatest weapon you've got in your arsenal is to know that God is your father to know that he loves you when I was doing mission work in Africa, and I, I was speaking to a group of uh, ministers, and I started talking about the, the affirmation of a father and the need of a father to speak and, and to affirm his children. One of the ministers stood up, and he said, but my father told me I was no good, and I'd never amount to anything. And they, he said, I think that was good because it made me want to be something. I think that was good. We use this scripture. This is a scripture we gave to him. Well, what about God? I mean, we, he's the classic example, right? And God said, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. What do you, and I, I said, I'm not disputing that you've been a success, but what kind of success do you think you could have been if your daddy would have believed in you? If your daddy would have said, God, you can do it. I'm here to tell you that your daddy believes in you. Your daddy has told you, you can do it. You can make it. Everybody say, I can make it. So this is my challenge for you today. Are you ready to let God be your father? I had a brother that I, I, you hear me talk about 
the relationship I had with my dad. And my dad didn't take us to church, but my dad taught us right from wrong. And I had a brother that felt like dad was abusive. And my older brother said, dad wasn't abusive, Paul. You were just stupid. <laughs> and he was saying, what, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? Because when dad, when he said to be quiet, he meant to be quiet, right? And Paul just kept... <laughs> How many of you spoke when you should have listened? How many of you still, well, hold on. <laughs> How many of you still kind of have a tendency sometimes to speak when you ought to listen? You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about with your relationship with God. Do you know that when you speak, when you should be listening, God doesn't? pull out the belt. He just waits on you. He just waits because he knows at some point you're going to get quiet enough to realize I can't do this on my own. I need him. Somebody say it with me. I need him. So if you're in this building today and you're able to say, Pastor, I need him. I want you to stand with me right now. Say it one more time. I need him. If Look, we've been away from each other for three months, right? Now, we've tried our best. I mean, I've tried our best to stay in contact with you on Facebook. But some of you don't have Facebook. You want to know the truth? I didn't have it until all this happened. <laughs> I thought, what am I going to do? And I realized I was going to have to get back on Facebook and to be able to connect with people. And so this is what I want to do today. If you're in this building, now don't worry, come on up here, Mike. This is hand sanitizer. So I'm going to pray for you, but I'm sanitized. Everybody say he's washed in the blood of the lamb. <laughs> so if, if you've got a need today, if, if you need God to do something for you, you understand? I'm talking about your father. I'm talking about someone that believes in you. I'm talking about someone that loves you, someone that thinks you're great, and you may not really know him yet. Now would be a good time to get acquainted with him, wouldn't it? I'd be in other places, and I'd say, I'm the brother your mother never told you about. <laughs> We're family, and God is our Father. So if you're in this place today and you've got a need, I want you to come right now. I'm going to hold for a second. 1,001. Here comes somebody. Here they come. Come on up. Now, you're getting something we didn't do in the first service because we only had 60 minutes. I couldn't lay hands on people. But we're going to lay hands on you today. Make sure you shoot me with that. Are you ready? Stretch your hands to heaven with me. So they sing this song. I want you just to I just come on up and give me a hand up here. I want you to understand he believes in you. But pastor, you don't understand. I screwed up. The Bible said that his mercies are new every morning. He believes in you. Even when you didn't believe in yourself, he believed in you. You wrestled a strong, a, 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 a 
there was a large portion of your life where you wrestled with, with who you were because of what you heard. What you heard isn't who you are. He's the one that tells you who you are. Are you ready? Stretch those hands to heaven and say, Father, God, I believe you. followed you. I see a darkness that's tried to surround you. God's getting ready to penetrate that darkness with the light of his love. It's been hard for you to believe that anyone could really love you because of what you've been through. Am I telling you the truth? I look, I don't know you, but I know your daddy. <laughs> All that's going to change right now, which is just stretch those. Thank you, Jesus. Just stretch those hands to heaven with me right now. Uh, look at me. I'm not living in fear. <laughs> I'm living in faith. I got a faithful father. All my life you have been faithful. Thank you, Father. All my life you have been so, so I don't know how to describe this other than I see like a heaviness that's encircled your family. I hear you praying and I see tears flowing and God says, I've heard and I'm working it out. I'm working. You
look at me. Raise your hand. Now look at me. Here's the deal. Look at me. See, you're wrestling with some stuff right here. And it's difficult because you're fighting some things yourself. You've got to quit fighting. Are you ready to quit fighting? I'm not talking about fighting for him. I'm talking about fighting God. Stretch those hands to heaven and say, God, all that I am, I give to you. Now here, look at me just a second, because here's the thing, is sometimes we say we're not fighting God, but when God's trying to work something in someone's life, we get in the way. We have to let God take care of it. I got to trust God enough. You remember that boy that took off and the father was waiting for him to come back. But he knew he had to let him go so he could come back. Father, All my in life you have been faithful. I know it's hard. See. All my life you have been so, so about this sometimes we feel like that we're, have you ever felt like you're alone I mean I know God's my father but sometimes you feel alone this is what I want you to understand that God cares for us so much that he puts people in our lives that will love us that will nurture us and that will look out for us this is in Corinthians Paul says for though you have 10,000 instructors you have not you don't have a bunch of fathers 
And he talks about, he said, I've begotten you in the gospel. What was Paul saying? He's saying, you, and this was a group of people that were kind of trying to push Paul back. And, you know, and others were coming in and, and trying to take precedence. And Paul said, look, you may have 10,000 people trying to teach you something. He said, but you don't have many fathers. You've got one father. He said, I'm the one that put my life out there. I'm the one that shared the gospel with you to make a difference in your life. God will put somebody in your life, tangible, that you can take hands with and agree with, that'll share the word of God with you, that will let you know that your father loves you cares about you and has a plan for your life. Stretch those hands heaven with me right now and say, God has a plan for my life and I'm walking it out in Jesus' name. Come on, give me a hand clap of praise in this house. Don't, don't forget, right before they start singing, don't forget that on the way out we've got Father's Day gifts for everyone. Uh, they're in the lobby Ushers will be taking up offerings on the side. We love you guys. It's so good to see you here. If you want to practice social distancing, go through these side exits. If you go through that door, you're open game. And my wife will be looking for you, okay? All right. God bless you guys. We love you. Your goodness is running up. It's running up. Everybody's going to be able to